Welcome to Sales Cultures Redefined, where we transform people with purpose, income, and a better life. Here's your host, CEO of Sales Managed Solutions, Lance Cooper. Okay, everybody, here we are looking forward to this interview with Michelle Akanj. He is from Fort Lauderdale, has uh, worked in New York and Orlando and South Florida for about 20 years, uh, leading salespeople, leading multiple salespeople for Verizon stores in the beginning corporate Verizon stores for the last 12 years. He has been in cellular sales with a uh, $10 million portion down in the South area with multiple stores and multiple store managers. So really, instead of a sales leader, we've got a leader of leaders, which is a different role than leading the salespeople directly. And there's several questions I want to ask him to help you understand how he develops cultures and helps salespeople do so well, because he's had multiple teams in the top 10 nationally. They have about 350 store leaders and sales leaders across the nation. And um, he's had multiple people up in the top 10. There's a guy up there right now. So I know you're wanting to hear from him. I'm wanting to hear from him. And so I'm going to start out with a simple question, Michelle. Just tell me, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where, wherever you want to start, and then we'll just go from there. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, well, you know, like it's, uh, I started that journey in the wireless industry in uh, basically like 2004 uh, with Verizon Corporate in Orlando area. I started as a kiosk manager in uh, Orlando and uh, worked my way up to uh, a store manager over there. And uh, one thing led to another is like they told me there's a big opportunity for me to go into New York to expand my horizon over there and move up up the ladder. I was like, okay, whatever, like, you know, there's a place for me helping people and, you know, other people in here and grow in my role, I will take it. So I went to New York uh, uh, metropolitan, to be exact, uh, Manhattan. Then I moved to uh, Buffalo area, which is, that's the part I did not enjoy that much because of the cold. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it was beautiful. Like I learned a lot over there and, uh, but, you know, like when you grew up in the, in the heat and you stayed all the time in the heat, you want to come back to Orlando. I ended up like uh, make a decision to leave or uh, Buffalo and just like come back to Orlando and probably like pursue something else other than wireless at that <laughs> time. And uh, I moved back to Orlando and uh, basically uh I stayed with the company with Verizon for a little bit. Then I ended up like uh, resigning uh, because I want to figure out, like I want to uh, like go for something else. Like I wanted to do finance. I have like, a lot of passion for finance too. And I put my resume and uh, we were sitting in a Starbucks. I still remember this. And uh, we were talking and I get introduced to a, a person. He's a, a really good friend of mine at that, yeah, at that time. Like we were like very close. His name is Jay Ellis. And JLS told me, man, you do have a lot of experience in wireless and the way how you speak about it, your communication skills. Why don't you work with the Verizon again? I was like, man, I worked a good amount of time. I don't want to be in the wireless industry. I would like to go into finance. But he goes, this is totally different. This is also about finance. I was like, what do you mean? 
He goes, okay, let me tell you a little about, about it. And one thing led to another. It came like from that uh, movie in the Wolf Wall Street. Show me your paycheck, kind of. And he did. And at that time, it was like $6,000. And that was like a normal month for him. I was like, man, I need to, I need, I need, I need to work for this company. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, like uh, having a very good interview with uh, Chris Keene. He's the regional director. And uh, everything what he talked about the company is literally uh, that's something like I wanted to, I wanted in my life as far as like, you know, like venture as an entrepreneur, venture as far as like uh, 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 helping other people. And I, uh, you know, like I took the job, uh, I right away, I signed up with this job and, uh, uh, and I took it, but he goes like, one thing I want to tell you, I know you have a lot of managerial experience, but when you're going to work with us, you have to start from the field. And I was like, what, what does that mean? He goes like, you're going to, you're going to become a, a sales professional. <laughs> and I, I looked at it and I have like that, that, <laughs> that moment, like what, what, what should I do? But. Yeah. I knew, I knew very well, Lance, that it is an opportunity I cannot miss. So I have to like uh, put all the managerial cape, let's, let's put it in the closet and start from the bottom and work <laughs> my way up. And it was a quiet journey. I loved it. I loved every single uh, time of it. Hey, Michelle, that, of course, that was cellular sales. You had moved from Verizon corporate and now cellular sales. You met this guy in Starbucks. So, I, I just want you to spend, we're going to come back to that moment and what happened as a sales rep and how you got into leadership at Cellular Sales. But I'd like to run back even before Verizon and wireless all together, even all the way back to uh, where you grew up and who had the most influence on you. You know, um, what was that like? Where, where was that? And let's spend just a little bit of time telling us about you and how you grew up and who had an influence upon you, will you? And I know yeah. you've been married to Vira for about five years, so that's going to be in that sell your sales story down there. But let's go all the way back now. Oh, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, that's like probably like something uh, new you're going to hear that one. Well, uh, it's actually I was born and raised in Kuwait. Okay. Uh, and uh, originally I'm from Lebanon. Uh, my dad uh, worked for the BMW in the, in the Middle East over there as a head treasurer. And uh, uh, we were like, I mean, growing in a rich country like this in Kuwait, uh, we it, it is it was challenging for us, especially like we were in the middle class. Uh, we weren't rich, but, you know, like we were doing good for what my dad brings, you know, like for us. Yeah. Uh, we lived uh, uh, like comfortable, let's put it this way. But it was like a paycheck to paycheck. Uh, we lived like a, in a one bedroom apartment. Uh, my family and I with, uh, you know, like five people living in that one bedroom apartment. So it was like a little bit like challenging for us over there. And uh, it's, 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 uh, it is, it, it was something like, to be honest with you, that gives you like motivation, like every day, how I'm going to do better and better and better. And looking at my dad, what he's doing on uh day in, day out, as far as like working from seven in the morning till 7 p.m., like from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. daily, nonstop, trying to provide good for us and to wow. put me in a school so I can come to the United States. That will be like the biggest motivation. And that's something I will, you know, like, uh, oh, 
you got me there, right? <laughs> that's something. Uh, that that's something. It was uh, uh, like day in, like day out. Like I had it in the back of my head. Like like, look, I wanna I wanna do good for myself. I wanna provide good for my family because I don't wanna repeat like the circle that I went through. So I put myself uh, in a in a in a, in a like it's in a challenging situation that like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do is. I am gonna, first of all, I, I am thankful for everything, what my dad is doing for me. Uh, but in the same t- situation, I have to give back, you know? And this is the part it was like very hard is like to engage and get myself to come here and work. I mean, I mean come to school in the United States, which is I, I got accepted at Mercer Community College in Jersey. And it was something like, wow, like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, what, what should I do? Where I'm going to start? Uh, you know, I was like lost, to be honest with you. But thankfully, I have a group of people and there are friends uh, that helped me um, to go into the right direction where I wanted to go. Um, I mean, like to go back, who was my idol? Who was my motivation? 100% is my dad. Uh, he's, he's the guy that I look up to every day of what he did for us. So yes. we can, you know, like move in and just say like, look, you may, we have like, like I have like uh, one brother and one sister. And the, he goes like, I may not afford to all of you, but if there's one of you can make it, that'll be a good, that, that'll be a win and a progress. And that one, that was me. So that's why like every day that, you know, like I look, uh, in life, I calculate what exactly what I'm going to be doing in a short-term view and a long-term view. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a great story, buddy. And then you got to Mercer college and uh, that was a community college. You didn't quite know yet where you were going to end up. And then what happened after Mercer? Uh, it's uh, a good a friend of mine. He's actually from uh, Kuwait. It's actually, you know him very well. Dino. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Dino, we go, me and <laughs> Dino and Kilani, I go like uh, way back, me and him. Uh, uh, it's, you know, like we have like almost like 30 years of friendship. Uh, he's, uh, he, he came to the state before me and he was in uh, uh, California side. Uh, and uh, Basically, he goes like, you know what? Uh, I think you don't want to like the cold and everything like that. And uh, he kind of like him and his family like put me under their wing, you know, so like to bring me to California. So because I couldn't afford it. So he goes like, okay, I will help you out here. So he ended up bringing me to California for a little bit to uh, see the weather, see like how if we can make it, you know, like go to college and everything. Unfortunately, I couldn't because it was expensive. So, but we decided, okay, let's do the right move. And we ended up going in or to Orlando to Valencia Community College. And that was like the last move. And that's why how we ended up in uh, Orlando and Valencia Community College. Okay. So you got with Verizon Corporate, worked for them a long time, uh, decided to get back to Orlando from Buffalo and up the New York area. And then Chris Keen, 
who is head of that area down there for cellular sales, told you you had to start from the bottom. So you did. How long did you work as a, a rep, having been a leader in the past? How long did you have to work for a rep before you got an opportunity to move, take your first move in leadership? Well, it was a little bit like challenging. Uh, um, it, it was a bumpy road. Let's put it this way. <laughs> Especially like you're dealing with the elite people from Orlando. I mean, I've been working with Matt Nunes, Neil Anguera, George Argeras, uh, Sean Nguyen, Billy Davis. So there is a lot of competition was there <laughs> working on the floor with everybody before like they become a sales leader. And I learned a lot from them. That's, the, that's like one thing is uh, working in the Orlando market at that time before like even grew to EF, but working in Orlando market, there was a lot of talent that I was like taking notes from. And no matter, no matter like how good you are, you've been in a Verizon corporate, you have to be humble. You have to basically like learn as much as you can. And so you can basically like take from here, there, you know, from everybody and make it your own and basically unlock your potential. And that's the beauty about it is I learned from everybody, from Matt Nunes, uh, uh, something. It was like communication part. Uh, from Sean, the way how he developed uh, uh, reps. Uh, from George, sales. Uh, from Neil, is like psychology of kind of winning, you know. So it was a, a, a really a combination from everybody, like to, I learned from like in the Orlando market. It took me a good amount of time, to be honest with you, to figure out like, okay, I want to become a sales leader. Yes, I was enjoying making money in the beginning. I made good amount of money on the floor. And I said, do I want the responsibility again, the way how I was it in the corporate side or not? And the more I was like thinking about it, the more people, reps, like they were around me to say, man, you're you're a, 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 an, a, like a leader material because you're helping out people, but you're not asking anything in return. And uh, the people start like pointing, you know, like fingers at me and like, hey, let's let's become a you become an SL. And and I saw the the like Matt and uh, uh, Neil and Sean, you know, excelling their role. To be honest with you, I got jealous, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I want to be that person. Like, I want to. I want to I want to move to that to the next level. I want to take the next challenge. And uh it took me like a while. I mean, I joined the company in 2009 of September. I did not become I mean, I become a mentor in probably like 3 years. I was a mentor, but I did not become an SL till December November of 2015. Wow. That yes. Well, yes. I, wow, you certainly paid your dues, didn't you? Especially after being a, a leader with Verizon Corporate. You know, I was, I've was i been thinking about your story. And I'm, I'm thinking about your dad, thinking about you leaving, coming to the States, going to college. And I'm trying to look into your past and actually see where you gravitated toward leadership. And I can't see it early on. It's like when you got into Verizon Corporate, you didn't get into it to be a leader to begin with. You must have been a salesperson there, right? I started as a, they didn't take me as a leader. No, like they took me as a manager in training. They they wanted to see like if I can do that job or not. And to be honest with you, I was like very scared at that time. 
Uh, the reason why I was scared is, you know, the the the, the English barrier, you know, uh, that's something it's always like in the back of my head. Uh, you know, English is not the first language for me. Uh, so I, I got I got scared not to lead. I got scared as I'm going to let people down because of the, the communication part. It wasn't there what I wanted to be. So I put myself in an uncomfortable situation and I try to, you know, like uh, practice, let's put it this way, in front of a mirror, uh, you know, like to 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 uh, excel in the role or in the language that I wanted to do. Or, you know, like uh, uh, I try to uh, start like quizzing myself, like do I practice between myself and I to get better on, on challenges that I'm doing on a daily basis between myself and like, let's say, uh, there's a rep in front of me, or if there is a, a customer in front of me, what's the best solution I'm going to do or I'm going to provide for them so they can understand me, but in the same token, they'll be pleased with my service. You know, you had a lot going against you, buddy. I mean, you really did. did. You know, you're from another country. You're trying to learn the language. You had finance in your dad's background. You a little bit you know, thoughts of finance in your background. You're trying. You're trying to figure out people and how to communicate, and then you're trying to lead people. There's a lot going on in the early years, but you know, underneath it, there's this desire to make yourself better because of what your dad did for you and to keep pushing and keep learning. And I also hear something I don't hear a lot of, and that's actually a humility that you're willing to learn from those around you so that when you're in cellular sales, and you were having to go back to be a, a rep, you actually said that was hard. And, and then you, it took a while to become a mentor. You were learning so much from the, the other leaders around you. And then they gave you the mentor position. And then people around you said that you should try to be a leader. And so I guess, did you become a store leader uh, next or a sales leader? Yes, but before I get to that, there is like some some part I have to I have to let you know about it. And this is probably it's uh, um, it is a it is it, it it is a good story. We were like on a runner, like about like four or five people were in our, on a runner uh, to become an SL. And uh, the beauty about it is like everybody was like more confident at that time in their role, and uh, you know like. It's basically like you 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 cannot wait to get that call from your RDs so you can they can announce like when you become an SL and at that time you know like there was like okay, four or five a second, just a second I just want to make sure all the hearers understand that uh, RD is the regional director of your entire territory and Correct. SL SL means sales leader which is Correct. okay yes so. I was, we, we were like get, waiting for to getting the call and, and I sure did. Uh, Chris and Jeff called me and he was like, Michelle, we want you like to come to the office at 8 a.m. And uh, we have something to discuss with you. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. You know, <laughs> I stopped, I stopped like tearing, man. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe all this hard work and all that work it is gonna, it's gonna pay off right now. I'm gonna become an SL. Uh, then of course, like I kept it to myself and I did not say, tell it to everybody because I didn't want to, you know, like disappoint anybody or like, you know, like, you know, just, I kept it to myself. So I, I go the first one 
before anybody else, I go to the office at Chris and Jeff and he goes, and they go, by the way, Michelle, you, you work very hard. You did a, a very good job on what you do. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. Like my smile is getting like bigger and bigger. So I'm waiting what's coming right now. He goes like, but there is some things we think you need to work on. <laughs> and, and that's what we're going to tell you. I want to be straightforward with you. We built a very good relation, you and I, but we, that's why our job, our, you know, like we have to tell you what you need to work on to get better in the role that you're in. And therefore, you're not going to get promoted. Someone else is going to get promoted. And they didn't, of course, like mention it to me. And I felt literally, I, I, this is probably the, the one, like one thing in my life. I felt like, no, like I just want to disappear. I was like, I, I did not, like, I did not, you know, like expect that, wow. that, 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 that answer. Mm. Um, for, for the whole meeting. I thought like the meeting yeah. is going to be going like really good. But in the sure. same token, you know what? I kept straight face. And I, I, my job is like my, my, my thoughts right away went to what do I need to improve? Let me take notes because this is the part is I am going to challenge myself. This is what I know like Chris and Jeff, they really want good for me when they tell you exactly what you need to be working on. And I know they are amazing leaders. Otherwise, they would never care about you to bring you to the office to tell you, this is what you need to work on. They will tell you, okay, I'm sorry you didn't make it. Someone else is going to make it. But they told me exactly what I need to work on. And I, I took that meeting and I came out and there's two things in my head. Either I'm going to quit, look for another job, yeah. or... I am basically, I'm going to work on the things that they told me about. And I'm basically, I'm going to show them and prove to them that I'm going to be able to make it no matter what the obstacle is. And I sure did. I took the other, the second option. I did not quit. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, well, uh, I haven't heard quit in your entire life. Let me ask you, what did they tell you to improve? Uh it was uh, basically like our uh, communication skills. I, I still like remember like a couple of things. Like the communication skills, I have to like be like more uh, task oriented, uh, more uh, straight to the point. Uh, and I have to be like more clear. Uh, and I did have some problem with my deadline motivation. So I have to like be working on it. And uh, I did not show them enough at that time that I am going to be able to, uh, you know, like bring everybody together as far as team, lead the team and bring everybody together. Uh, there was some, there, there is some doubts were there. And basically I took all these as notes, what I'm going to do to improve that, what I'm going to do to get myself better in communication, get myself better to uh, uh, help others, but in the same token, my deadline motivation, I'm going to improve it. So all these things, like I put it together and um, it was definitely like some, uh, a lot of work, a lot of notes I had to do. And uh, Neil Nguera gave me probably the best phone call I ever had. At that time, he got promoted uh, into regional director for Oklahoma. 
And I have the best, best phone conversation, me and him. I still remember it behind the store. And he goes, look, there's so many times, either you're going to quit, which is you can, or you need to work on these things. And tell me, and he ended up with a conversation about himself, how many times he got, you know, like down, did not get the job as a regional director. And that was like a very good, I'm honest, I have to give it to him. That was like a good motivational story that I needed it at that time. And it delivered the message, let's put it this way. Yes. How many uh, months or years was it before you finally became a sales leader? It was uh, about like probably like two years. Two years? Yeah, like two years, if not mistaken. I got presented the opportunity and I was like, okay, this is the time I'm going to be making it. And they said, well, we took over South Florida and I think you are ready right now to lead uh, the territory, the, the, the South territory of South Florida, which is that will be from Fort Lauderdale all the way down to Key West area. And I was like, what? I'm leaving Orlando. <laughs> so like everybody that I, like, uh, I know I built relationship and everything like that. I had to leave this and go start fresh. And he goes like, yes, it's going to be a great opportunity for you. And, uh, well, you know what? I did not hesitate. I just, I took it right away. And I yeah, was. You had to prove yourself as a sales leader before they ever gave you the current sales manager position that you have Absolutely. now, where you're over a bunch of other store managers that you had to prove yourself as a sales leader over reps first. How long did you have to prove yourself there? Uh, it took me probably about like, like an, like about a year, a year and a half. Uh, I was, I, I ended up in a, in a white team territory and I ended up working over there. So with the, the, the SL at that time, the sales leader at that time, and literally I told the sales leader, I want to be your right hand man. I want to like, I'll be the acting sales leader when you like, if you're there or you're not there. So I want to be that person. You put me on Give me any challenge. Give me all your duties. I want to learn it all. And the most important thing, I want to sit down with every communication that you're going to have with the rep. Uh, this is that something I want to I want to improve on, and I want to make sure the numbers of that team to go up. So we're going to put a plan together, and we're going to like execute that plan. And we went after it, and it took about a, about like a, a year, a year and a half. Till that team basically like went from the numbers like it was averaging about like uh, three thousand a rep, and we moved it about like for like like to forty five hundred a rep, almost like forty seven hundred a rep. Okay, and then they made you a sales leader, and then you were a sales leader for quite a while. Did really good, and they put you over this entire territory, ten million dollar territory, with a lot of stores. And now you're transitioning from actually working with reps directly to now working with other managers. That's that's a big change, being a leader of leaders versus being a leader of reps. So what were the difficulties you faced in learning how to coach leaders versus coaching reps? Uh it, patient, I guess. <laughs> uh, you have to have a lot of patience, and you have to know like your your your, your people uh, as much as you can. And uh, when you when you when you're dealing with leaders, uh, 
It is not difficult. It's like, how are you going to empower them uh, to give them that they can do the job? Uh, that's like, that's one thing. The second thing is you have to present, you have to not only like help them out with uh, the empower, no, show them the path, what they can do when you guys like, when we get, when we work together, let them do their job, let them think about what they have. And also as a GM, I need to do my job. I'll also like think and, 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 and like for the short period, uh, the short view or the long-term view for a plan. But the most important thing is how for them to know the business and their reps. This is very, very, very important uh, in the business that we're in. We have to know your numbers very well from the average per rep that you pull through, uh, all your KPI. And of course, uh, knowing the the reps personally, there was like the, the idea of, letting the leaders to know like how they're going to invest the time they're going to invest with their reps. So all this like is going to take like, you know, like a lot of dedication, a lot of time consuming one-on-one conversation with them. And for me, I love face-to-face a lot. So I go visit the stores that, you know, like, uh, and I have a, a coaching call with them on a weekly basis as well. You know, um, I've been, I've been waiting. And I, I love what you, the stories from the time you left Kuwait and your dad and what happened in the community college and how Dino helped you in California and how you, you just have persevered through all this. And, and, and I've been waiting for this question that I wanted to ask you because you and I talked about this maybe a few months ago. You know, last year was really challenging to America because of COVID. And retail wireless stores were you know, particularly affected because people are coming to the stores. The the in the beginning, all the reps are anxious. Um, they don't know if we're going to close, stay open. They don't know if somebody's going to get sick or the masks they're going to have to wear and the different ways of handling people in the stores. And I know that you looked at your numbers at the first part of last year, and you also had some challenging stuff going with you personally too last year. And you made a decision toward the middle part of the year that made a huge difference for your entire market, for the entire Orlando, South Florida market. Your portion, just your investment and what you did there made a big difference. And I know everybody wanted you to talk about what you did to make that change during COVID. So can you talk about what went through your mind and what you were noticing and what you decided to do that made the difference? Basically, like, you know, like South Florida, you know, like one of the states like got hit the most when it, when it comes to COVID. And uh, uh, there was like a crazy time. Yes, everybody was scared. Uh, and if the CDC didn't, didn't know like where to go from there as far as like, you know, like rules and regulation. And of course, like we, us as an as a essential business, uh, we, we got like very lucky like to, to stay open. And Chris and Jeff did an amazing job as far as like laying the rules and everything like that. Fortunately, I was like one of those uh, uh, people. I couldn't be in public because I do have uh, uh, an existing condition. I, I couldn't go out and in 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 
in December 2016, I got diagnosed with uh, uh, leukemia uh, in my blood. And uh, basically, it was also like a challenging year. I was at that time a sales leader before I become a GM. So anyway, to fast forward right now, it was something like Chris and Jeff told me like, look, Michelle, I know you're, you're dedicated. I know you wanted to be out there with your troops. But unfortunately, we're not going to let you. And the reason why is because of your condition and uh, you can stay home and you can do everything like from home, like keep calling and, you know, like your reps, your SL, motivate them. And uh, basically this is what's going to happen. And there's no option. I mean, there's no, <laughs> we're not going to go back and forth. This is like an order. We, we want you to be safe. I, I understood from inside me, it was like killing me, like not being with the troops and with everybody else on the field because they are putting themselves at risk. I understand like I might, like I do have a condition, but we have to think rationally right now. What I said to myself, one week, two weeks, I was on the phone call with reps, with an SL all the time to motivate them, make sure like all the cleaning supply was available for them. Talk to customers like sometimes like if I have any escalations uh, or basically like uh, uh, thank you for your business, calling them back. Uh, so we did we did like a, a really good, but still there was something missing. My present not being with them in a situation like this. And I know, I know that make a big difference for everybody, uh, especially like when I was like calling calling like my SL or my reps, they are on the field and I'm not, although they understand my situation. I mean, like they know my, my, my condition, it is public for everybody. Uh, but from inside me, it wasn't, it wasn't right. So I was like, well, we have all the cleaning supply. You know, we have the gloves, we have the mask, we have the hand sanitizers. We're going by the CDC. Why not? You know, I called Chris and Jeff. I'm like, look, Chris, Jeff, this is what's going to happen. I appreciate everything what you do, but this is the plan that I'm putting right now. I have a, I'm going to be protected and I'm going to go out in the field. And I sure did. I did. And it was something really good. I talked to my wife before that, of course, to take her permission because she was worried about me. And I said, look, if I'm going to stay home, I'm not going to feel good. If I'm outside with everybody, I'm going to feel like much better. So I want to be better, but in the same token, I'm going to play it safe. And that's what I did. Like I go to the store, I have like the, the gloves, I have the, the two face masks, hand sanitizer, social distancing, like perfectly, like, you know, like done cleaning after everybody. But I was happy, Lance. I was happy seeing the, the, the sales force. I was happy seeing my, my stores. I was happy seeing and greeting the customers. I was happy seeing the SL doing the job. And it was challenging. You're absolutely right. But you know what? We did the best that what we can. We uplift, you know, like the, 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 the morale. And that's what it matters, you know? I guess to answer the, to, to, to your question, that's what exactly like happened. And you believe it or not, it's not like because of me, I was like on the floor. You can see like the, the, the reps start getting motivated more. The sales start getting, the sales leaders start getting motivated. And when they see like everybody, everybody from the sales force all the way to the GM on the field, 
uh, even the Christian Jeffs, they start like making, of course, uh, 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 store visits. So everybody was on the floor like, hey, we are in it together and let's go help our community. And that's what we did. You know, you could have laid down, buddy. You could have, <laughs> you could have used the excuse. It was a great excuse. I mean, it wasn't even an excuse. It was reasonable. And in a way, I think you're a hero. Now, I know you're not going to listen to this, but I want you to hear it. Um, heroes are people who sacrifice themselves and put their own lives in jeopardy for other people. And I didn't hear a lot about money when you're when what you were talking about. I, I heard somebody that real, realized he wasn't going to be happy at home. He wasn't going to be productive. He might even get worse in his own sickness uh, because he would be depressed. And you had to get out with the people to help him. And when you got out there, production went up, performance increased. I think at the end of the year, performance had increased so much they ask you what happened <laughs> we we went like by the the last quarter we were basically averaging it's like almost like five thousand to six thousand dollars a rep in the south area and that was that was that's a crazy never heard of like in the south area in the six thousand <laughs> and that's of course with the help of everybody that the, the activity is going to lead to results. So it, it's, it's not only basically like, you know, like we go out and just like start selling. No, the activities, the structure that we put, the tools that we put uh, in a place and the plan that everybody like ended up like working with it and it's still like work in the progress till we get it like uh, 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 mastered, let's put it this way. Yeah. And I know all the listeners today are wondering, okay, yeah, but what did he do? And and what, what are the habits? And no, this was a, this was actually a, a decision that you made to get out with the people and they responded to that leadership and to somebody that actually thought they were important enough in COVID time to come out with a pre-existing illness like you had with them. I mean, that, is inspiring, you know, and the performance went up. So I just got a couple more questions. I want to kind of come all the way to today. And what's the culture like in your South Florida area uh, today and the performance? What What is that like today? Well, we, like from COVID to now, I feel like we grew big time when it comes to leadership and planning. Uh, with the with the GM from each region, you know, like Central and North, and of course, uh, leading with Chris and Jeff, uh, we put like a very good plan that it's a short-term uh, plan or view and a long-term view. The long-term, it's basically, it's going into the cultures, you know, building advocates, building repeat business. Uh, this, is the, this is the plan that we're working on it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, sometimes like, you know, like we, we go down in my region, um, uh, to, uh, profiteering and, but then after that, right away, like we know, like, look, this is going to be like for a short time. We want to, we want to focus on the long term, And that's what the vision right now for everybody, everybody right now know we have a very good process called ETR start from when the customer comes in all the way up to the journey calls, follow up with the customer. The goal is like to build that 
uh, repeat business and to build that advocacy uh, to, to have uh, an entrepreneur mentality with each reps. Okay. Now, there is a difference when we have an average. An average, that means, you know that, like we, we, we take everything or divide it by the, the reps. My goal, I don't want an average because like one person can make way more money, which is going to help the others. I want to make sure the rep itself, averaging, this is like $5,000, $6,500, moving up to $7,500 a month. This is, the, this is the goal that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for an average. I'm looking for an entrepreneur mentality, each reps that is going to have so they can deliver a good income for themselves. Now, when we focus on this, guess what's going to happen? The whole business model is going to follow. Like everything else is going to, it's, the, the number is going to come. Everything else is going to come. So this is the, the, this is the, the work in the progress that we're doing for going after, which is that it's going to lead into a culturist uh, uh, vision in the South Florida and the EF market. Yeah. Wow. A long-term view. Um, love it. Love it with a lot of, a lot of specifics about treating customers well from the time they walk in the store to the, till calling them back later and making sure you keep them and the reps income continuing to go up. So uh, first of all, I just, I want to thank you for, for the interview, but there is one last question I want to ask you. And let's say there's a room full of sales leaders um, in front of you right now. And they're wanting you to tell them your best advice. They're getting ready to go out and lead reps for the first time, for the first time. So what would be the advice you would want them to get from you after your journey and all that you've learned? Well, two things is, is I will say, invest in your people, invest in your people, know your reps, know your reps, know your reps. That's number one. Number two, know your business, know your business, know your business. Because if I'm going to come ask you, where are you at for the month financially? And you don't know, this is a problem. That means you're not going to hit your goal. If you don't know that rep very well, so you don't know how to coach him the right way. You see? So these are like probably like the, the two things I, I always put two and two together. Know your reps very well. Invest time in your reps. This is the only way you're going to coach them the right way. And you're going to build it with facts and they're going to respond back to you. The second part is know your business very well. Because you're going to do a planning for your goals, what you want it to do. And especially when you put an attainable goal for your reps as well. Michelle, I want, I want to thank you so much, um, especially um, telling us about your journey from Kuwait and, and that great dad that you had and how you came to America and the different things that you had to do and get through to figure out how to make it even, right? And how to communicate and then how to lead people after leading yourself and, and how you got knocked down when you thought you were going to be a leader and, and then you found out you weren't and you had to work on more stuff. Uh, and then finally, you became a sales leader and then a leader of leaders. It's just so much appreciate you sharing all that today. And I know that the people who listen to this, this podcast 
will get a whole bunch out of this. And I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, keep on keeping on, and thank you a bunch. Thank you very much, Lance, and thank you for everything what you do for us. Thank you. Uh, yes, sir. Bye. Take care. You have just listened to Sales Cultures Redefined. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and we'll see you at the next episode.